today on The Breakdown. It's the $300,000 Aria Super High Roller Bowl. And that's not the guaranteed prize pool. That's the buy-in. And David Peters, Connor Drynan are going to be in one heck of an interesting pot. Lots of people wanted to see it. We're finally bringing it to you right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Finally. It's been a while. This is the 2016 thing, you know? It's been like a year and a half. Yeah. Well, getting there anyway. But the moment this happened, a friend of mine like texted me and said, you have to do that. You have to do that hand. Well, it's because I've been in Tibet. Yeah. You know, the movie Seven Years in Tibet? It was a year and a half in Tibet. And now we're back and doing the hand. Yeah. All the podcast videos you've seen, that's all stuff we did before, before you left. Yeah. Yeah, we put in a serious backlog of stuff. It was great. We had to because of Tibet. Yeah, the, the trip that you wanted to take. But Dalai Lama was amazing. Was he? Is he still alive? Yeah. There's always a Dalai Lama, right? Yeah. Someone is the Dalai Lama at all times. When the old Dalai Lama dies, let's just take a moment and talk about okay, this. Okay, obviously. Um, do they, is it not that, don't they like find some like young kid and decide like the, the spirit of the old Dalai Lama is now yeah, this they, young No, they person? find him before the old Dalai Lama dies. Oh, really? Yeah. And That's then, weird. Yeah. So they like say this is this is whose vessel you're going to like take over. Yeah, it's sort of like being John Malkovich. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like uh, the movie Men in Black, where the alien inhabits the guy's body. <laughs> Cockroach alien. <laughs> 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 a little bit of both those movies, sort of a a mashup, if you will. Hey, do you guys out there, you podcast listeners who we respect a lot, have some friends who are video only people? Well, guess what? They're out of luck because yeah. this is a podcast-only hand, by the way. So tell them that they should shut up and stop, start listening to the yeah. podcast. Tell, tell them to start talking and start listening yeah, to the sh- podcast. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and talk some more, too. <laughs> Do both of those things. Yeah. It's great. Well, All right. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Aria Super High Roller Bowl. It was a $300,000 buy-in, and we think this is like late in day one. Yeah, it? it's only 600, 1,200 blinds. Yeah. Now, to be clear, the two players in this hand, David Peters and Connor Drynan, played a very interesting hand at the final table of the previous year's Aria Super High Roller Bowl, the That's inaugural an old breakdown. one. It, it was, actually, um, called uh, Money Matters, I believe. And if you want to listen to that breakdown, you can't do it on this feed, unfortunately, oh, because right. it's in the podcast archives. That's so right. So there and is a fortunate benefit for all of you, which is you can go to selfie.com. S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com. Look up the Poker Guys, and we sell all of our old podcast archives. Yeah, you can buy, what, one for one? If you just want to find that episode, how much is it? Like, uh, We haven't actually made it available. Oh, like oh you have to buy the whole there's thing. There's, like, packages. Oh, okay. there's, there's packages of five, packages of ten. And yeah. then there's, you can buy the whole thing for 99 bucks. Which is a hell of a deal. It's, like, 137 podcasts. It's 137 podcasts, 92 hours of entertainment. For 100 bucks? 99 bucks. Get Oh my gosh! Two digits, Jonathan. Wow, ninety nine. Uh, yeah. I mean, a hundred. I would never buy it. No, that's way too much. Ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. So it's so affordable. It's like gas. It's it like, is like gas. Yes. And being John Malkovich. It's definitely like uh, that scene from Men in Black where the cockroach alien is the Malkovich. Malkovich. Okay. Malkovich. Anyway. Remember that? Remember that scene? Uh, he's yeah. like in the in the in the restaurant. Everyone is John Malkovich, and they're all just saying Malkovich. Oh, I thought you were talking about that part from Ferris Bueller where the guy was like, "Oh yeah, Malkovich." <laughs> Malkovich. Malkovich. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't talking about oh, that. Okay. But thanks for checking. All right, so let's talk about the hand. Ah, what the have, heck? Okay. David Peters, who is you know, both these guys are considered two of the better players in the world. 
right? Yeah. At No Limit tournaments, anyway, for sure. Connor Dryden famously knocked out of the million dollar big one for one drop with Pocket Aces against Pocket Aces pre flop, by the way. Yeah, Kerry Katz knocked him out. That was kind of brutal. It's a pretty bad way to go. He took it about as well as anyone could ever take it. I'll tell you, he just sort of got up, took a deep breath, and shook everyone's hand and left. And I don't think I'd be that. I don't no. think I'd be able to take it that well. And I take that stuff well, but million dollar buy in. Yeah. I don't think I'd take it that well. I think and, I would, I would be a little bit And you get knocked out by the guy who doesn't need the money, by the way. Exactly. The guy yeah. who's like super rich and doesn't care. That's the brutalness yeah. of it all. Anyway, so David Peters is going to open from the low jack. You What's know what the that low, is? What is it? Well, the cutoff is one off the button. Yeah. And the hijack is two off the button. The low jack is three off the no, button. No, the so low jack is what you put on your car in case somebody steals it. That as well. It's, it's basically middle position. It's like right around middle position there. So... He's got 323,000 chips. Actually, he's got, yeah, 323,000. The blinds are 600, 1,200. So he's got a lot of chips. Yeah, almost 300 blinds. Yeah, so this is pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, he's got the ace of diamonds and the eight of diamonds in his hand. Okay. He decides to raise. Normal. Yes. He raises a little big. He raises it to uh, 3.5K. Now, I'm pretty sure this is when they had the ante matching the big blind. So I think it's 600, 1,200, but I think there's another, it's 100, it's more than 100 ante. So it's a 1,200 ante as well. And it's just the big blind pays it. So it's more reasonable to make it 3,500. It's more, there's more to get, right? So you, you got to charge people a little bit more because they're getting amazing odds to just call. Because yeah. the ante is always so big. Right. So, so that's probably why he sizes it up a little bit to 3,500. All right. Seems reasonable, right? Sounds cool. Connor Drynan is in the big blind. He's got 335,000, so similar stack. He's got the king of hearts and the nine of hearts. He's going to shove. I don't. I wouldn't recommend that. Although he would win the hand. I think so. If he shoved but, right no, now. No, but Peters would be like, "What do you even have?" I call. I call. I got a side. Yeah. It's a flip, probably. <laughs> It'd be better than a flip, David Peters. It'll be really good. It'd be like fifty-eight forty-two. I mean, you got to take those. Yeah. I don't know if it's that good. It's not fifty-eight forty-two. It's like fifty-three forty-seven. I think. But yeah. anyway. Let's talk about what happened. So, Dryden, of course, calls with yeah. the King of Hearts and the Nine of Hearts. There's 9,000 in the pot. We're super deep. Here comes the flop, and it's a doozy, Grant. Is it? It's a doozy. I don't like as, uh, that. As Ned Ryerson would say. I didn't like that. You know, you know who Ned Ryerson is, right? No. No? I don't think I'll so. I'll give you a little hint. Okay. Watch out for that step. It's a doozy. I don't know. Groundhog Day? Oh, Groundhog Day. That's right. It's insurance salesman. Come on. Okay. So, the flop now. is... The six of hearts, the eight of hearts, and the ten of hearts. What does that mean? If you remember, Connor Dryden has the king nine of hearts in his hand. He flops the second nuts. Which is really bad when you're super deep because that means you lose all your money. It, it's possible, but we have one out to the straight flush as Connor Dryden. So no matter what, we're okay. We blocked the, Actually, we blocked the super nuts. Well, yeah. I mean, So that's good. That's true. Seven nine of hearts, not out there. That's true. Because we have the nine of hearts. Yeah. Because we have the seven. So we, we can feel a nine. little bit better. We can feel slightly better. There's only um, only ace high flushes beat us. Yeah, that's cool. Um, David Peters, of course, with the ace eight of diamonds flops middle pair. Yes. So you're kind of drying in. You're probably going to check, right? I probably am, but I am kind of entertaining the idea of a lead here. It's not the worst idea, the lead here, especially when we're super deep and you want to get some money this in. Is, this is a board. A lot of the times, the original razor is going to check back because it's all over the big blinds range. Yeah, and. They might have a lot of showdown value hands they're going to check back, and you might want to try to get three streets by starting now. If this isn't monochromatic, I think a lot of the time you're going to see, you'd assume David Peters would check. But the fact that it's all hearts, you'd expect them to be even more likely to check. Yeah. So I kind of like the idea of a lead as well. 
The good news about it is when we're this deep and the blinds are this small, it's not even that big a deal if we miss the continuation bet that we might sometimes get from Peters by checking because he's not going to bet that much relative to our stack. Right. It's not even that big a win as opposed to like making sure we build a big pot with a big hand. I like a lead here actually now that we're talking about it. Yeah, I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. It's supposed to be all over our range and it happens to have hit us this time. So we want to bluff sometimes on these, even heads up donking in these spots against good players. I think we need to have this in our range, obviously, if we're going to do that. Well, I mean, yeah, if we're going to donk some weaker hands, this is a we got to donk some of our stronger hands too. And on this board, this is kind of a nice time let's, to do uh, it. Let's let's take a second, okay, and construct at least a modicum of a donking range here. Yes, a good player. I really want to do up. that. So I think we should have all flushes in there, probably for value. No, I disagree no. strongly. You can't if you always donk your flushes, then you never well, check. We're going to balance it. Doesn't matter. That means your checking range is, is, is too weak. You have to have some flushes in your checking range, what too. What about we can have sets? No, okay, you're right. No, you got to have some flushes. All right. Maybe we have the nut flush as a check. Um, okay. Uh, I think we should have something like the nut flush might be what we're check raising. Um, some of the flushes were check calling and some of the flushes were leading. It's probably what we're supposed to do. Maybe we could lead a majority of our flushes, but we can't lead all of them. Okay. But this way, if we check, we could check some weaker ones because we're also checking the nut flush. Yes, so we can we can check the nut flush. We can check the five high and lower flush. There's not going to be very many of those. That's like five deuce, five three, five four, four three, four deuce, three deuce. Yeah, that's not very many. So it's, it's quite a bit. Versus how many? I guess, I guess considering flush. there's the six, eight, and ten are on the board. And those and those can all be check raises. Those in the ace high flushes can all be check raises. Oh, you want to check raise? No, no, no. We have to check call with some of our flushes. Yeah, we'll, we'll find some other ones to check call. Why do we want to check raise our baby flushes in your mind? Protection. What if, what if he just folds an okay hand or re-raises us? I mean, if we re-raise, it might be a raise fold spot. It seems like a terrible yeah. idea. Fine. I think we should be check calling our, our baby flushes. Okay. That's good, though. That way we protect our check calling range. It's not a bad thing to have flushes in there, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes we should probably even check call with the nut flush if we're going to check call with baby flushes and check call with other things, but we can also be check raising the nut flush sometimes. So are we donking all of our flushes that aren't five high and lower and ace high? Let's say we are. Okay. I don't know. If that's probably not right. We're probably not supposed to. We're probably supposed to have a little more like mixture of all that, but we're let's supposed, say that's we're probably we're supposed to have some of the nuts in there. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, really, we're supposed to have the nuts in all. We're supposed to be able to threaten the nuts no matter what line we take, right? So. That means we're supposed to be able to check the nuts, check raise the nuts, and check call the nuts. All right. Nuts. Let's forget about this flush part because that part's the easy part. For sure. Let's construct the rest of the donking range. Good. All let's right. Let's do it. So maybe we can do um, the nut flush draw with a black card or something like that where – so we balance that. So sometimes we donk the nut flush draw. Sometimes we check the nut flush draw. Okay. So nut flush draw with a red card, meaning a diamond, is going to be a check. Well, let's think about it for a second. Um, do we want to check more often or do we want to lead more often with the nut flush draw? I think we want to check more. No, I think we want to lead more often. Okay, if we want to lead more often, that means we're going to check with the red card and lead with the black card because there'll be twice as many black cards. Yeah, okay. Good. Okay, All so right. two-thirds of the time we're going to lead the nut flush and one-third of the time we're going to check it. Cool. Flush draw. Yeah, flush draw, sorry. Yeah. Okay, what else do you want in there? Um, maybe bottom set. So we're going to lead with two sixes? Yeah. Okay. We've got to have some more stuff in there, though, of course. Yeah. Um, got to have some, some bad hands. Yeah. We have way too many good hands right gut now. Gut shots. Yeah, let's come up with a few gut shots because we, 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 we could 
quickly I have too many guts. Quickly, I have too many bluffs if we're not careful. Queen nine. Um, queen nine is not a gut shot. That's a double gut shot, my friend. That's, oh, is it? That's a little too good. In an yep. overcard, it might be too good. I think we want to lead with weaker hands than that, since we're leading with such strong hands. Hands that we really don't mind. Like, some of these hands, we're going to happily have the guy raise, right? And not fold. So we need to have hands that we're going to lead that if they raise, we can fold. All right, so what like about some like, of the weak gut shots we can fold? Maybe we could do no equity hands a little bit. Like, yes. suited connectors below the six. So, like the four or five of spades. It's I mean, like we, a, it's yeah, like a terrible seven gut does shot. make us a, yeah, it's a terrible gut shot, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So, like the no equity gut shots. Yeah, that don't have overcards, don't have don't have other things going on for them at all. Yeah, that's good. Don't have like a heart in their hand right. of any kind. Yeah, that, those are good. That's gonna probably be enough. And then to and then not have any of the like one pair hands that just put us in bad spots. Right. Yeah. So this way we lead the four or five. Sometimes we're gonna get bluff raised, fine. Yeah. But sometimes we're just gonna win. It's probably gonna be fine. And sometimes we're gonna get called, and we gonna have to figure out what we're doing on the turn, which may be. Leading again, it may be checking depending on what the turn is and what we think about our opponent. But that balances some of our really strong leads, which we need to do. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think what we don't want to do is lead things like Jack-9. Right, because we don't want to get good. blown off of that. Right. We could, we could end up playing a pot that's too big, too strong, and it's a really good hand just to call with. Like, we can check call, yeah. and that's fine. Okay. No bigs. Cool. All right, that was kind of interesting. Hey, anyway, Connor Dryden checks. Yes, he does. <laughs> Unrelated. So we, so we like a lead. We decided we like a lead better. But Connor Dryden checks. Obviously, that's fine. David Peters with middle pair. Top kick. Remember, he's got the ace eight on yeah. this six ten eight all heart board. Peters does not have the ace of hearts. He's got two diamonds in his hand. He decides to bet. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know about this. I'm a little surprised he decides to bet. The only he bets five point three thousand. By the way, into nine thousand. Again, they're super deep. They've got three hundred and twenty. K effective right now as he bets this. So yeah. that's not an issue. It's possible he just wants to charge Connor for all the hearts he can have, all the gut shots he can have. Not just give him free shots at all those things. Right. But from a metagame perspective, it feels like more of a check backboard for all the same reasons we'd like a lead for Connor Drynan. I don't disagree. Um, part of it would be how often we think Connor is really check raising here. So if we don't think Connor's check raising as much, we can bet a little bit more often. That's true. And I will say this. Connor does not check rise. Excuse me. Check, check rise. rise. He does not check rise um, with the second nuts here. He decides to just call. What so, do you think about that? I think that's fine. And let's get into that in a second. But before we do that, so that means, though, he's got a lot of calls in him. If he's calling with a lot of his strength, too. He's probably calling yeah. with all his sets, all his two pairs, almost everything, then, if he's calling with this hand, right? I don't know. I mean, he might have balance in a different way where he decides to check raise sets or something like that. It's possible, but it seems unlikely. It's possible Dryden just is never raising on this board. It's possible. So if he's never raising on this board, then Peters can bet on this board more often. He can bet a hand like That's this. That's a problem for Drynan if he's never raising on this board. Then. I agree. I agree. So, but, so, but that's maybe a reason why Peters feels he can bet. But let's now get to should Drynan have raises on this board? Or should he, should he raise right now? Well, it's such a... What do you, to, I don't think this should be really informing the question that you're asking. But okay. I want to know what you think Peters would do if Drynan did raise. That's a great question. Because Peter's bets 5.3, say Dryden makes it 15. Is I, Peter's just going to give it up? Like, I don't expect him to why give would up. You, why would you bet this if you're going to fold to I a check raise? I don't expect him to fold here. I expect him to call um, and reevaluate on the turn. They're deep enough he can afford to. He has a reasonable hand. He can beat a lot of things that would make sense that Connor would be raising, right? Connor would be raising a lot of draws yeah. and some flushes. And right. that, that's mostly it, right? So thumbs up. I guess, but it's a crappy spot, obviously, for Peters. Absolutely. But 
you know, it's it's not that crappy in that it's not a big deal to lose this hand right now. It's not a big deal to get check raise, call, and then fold on the turn. It's just they have a lot of chips. All right. So from an exploitative standpoint, yeah, the fact that you think Peter should be calling with this hand and the fact that Peter's bet this hand makes me think that Drynan should be raising. I agree. So let's think about why Connor decides not to raise. Uh, from a metagame perspective, he wants to protect his check calling range yeah. on these types of boards out of the big blind. Maybe Connor is raising some of his big flushes and checking and check calling some of his big flushes, much like we were talking about. Yeah. So, because um, you got to be able to threaten things all the way along the way. So maybe in his mind, he's like check raising the nuts, check calling the second nuts, check raising the third nuts, kind of a thing. You know, yeah. check raising some other stuff. So he's got some some good flushes that he's check calling, some good flushes that he's check raising, perhaps. Maybe. That would go against my whole thing about Peters thinks Dryden's almost never raising on the board. Yeah, of course. But the truth is, rarely when you're this deep do people raise in these spots, right? Without either they're going to have the nut flush draw usually, they're gonna, or they're going to have a flush. Or maybe a set because you can improve. Rarely do people raise sets on these, in these spots, I feel like. Well, I would feel more comfortable raising a set than the second nut flush here, actually. I mean, because you could be drawing dead versus yeah. not. But the other side of it is you could, you know, you could win a really big pot against a worse flush if you raise here and the board doesn't pair. It's harder to do that against a smaller flush. Is a good player going to call down with a third nut flush if we check raise bet bet big? Um, Maybe. If we have a lot of bluffs, if we're doing it with nut flush draws, yes. Right? They just have to. Seems like most people aren't going to have a lot of bluffs there. Well, if we're balanced. Who's balanced? I don't know. These guys have got a chance to be. I guess they have a chance. These guys are among the better players in the world. It's only a year and three months ago. But I so mean, is Jason Mercier, and he's completely unbalanced in spots like this. Why do you say that? Because that's what people say. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, well, he may play differently, and, and these guys may not do this either, but it doesn't mean to say that you can't be balanced here. And, you know, as we're doing our show Poker Time, we see how the guys who have a lot of bluffs just get paid. I mean, they just... Yeah. Ha- you just and we as we commentate on it, right? Poker Time is, of course, our video show where we're... It's a poker game, and we're doing the commentary. Go watch it. Yeah, it's good. Um, but we see, like, Action Aaron, who's the guy who is just making huge bets all the time, whether he has it or not, and Randy, too. Like, so we're, we're doing the commentary, like, well, you just have to call him here. You're good. Yeah. Like, we can see Action Aaron actually has a full house, and you just got to call him with top pair, no kicker, based on the way this hand played out. Even though he bet, whatever, $500 on the river, you just got to call. Yeah. Just got to call. And uh, so it just depends on how many bluffs you have. If you're super tight, then you're totally right. If you're up against amateurs, I agree. But pretend you're not. Pretend you're up against like um, our friend Robert Brewer, who is absolutely the kind of guy who likes to like boss the table and push people around, and would absolutely go nuts with just the nut flush draw. Like it's not as easy now, right? Yeah. And are we going to just fold the third nuts against him? I don't know. Probably not. We, I don't think we can. Let's get back to the question at hand, though. Yeah. Of should Drynan raise? And I think if we remove all of the metagame aspects and just think about the moment we're in, I think that is. What leans me towards a raise here, because as we said, we don't think Peters is going to fold the hand he has, because it would be kind of absurd to decide to bet that hand and then fold to an, uh, a good yeah. player who check raises you. How often are you in a $300,000 buy-in and flop so well against a guy who's probably not going to fold? Like, I think that's a question we can ask ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's a fair question. A second, a second thing to think about is this. Because we're so deep, if we don't get a raise in now, it's going to be hard to get a raise in later, yeah. potentially. And we want to play a big pot with this hand. And I understand it can get a little bit weird because if we get re-raised, uh, we may have to fold. We may have to like make a tough call and hope, hope we're not that dead. That might be part of why he doesn't raise yeah. is because it, you could, like, it is the second nuts, but 
it's a very clear, easy to have the nuts board for yeah. for Peters and like. If Peters puts in a three bet, we're immediately bluff catching for the whole hand. Yeah, and do we really want to be there? I mean, honestly, if Peters goes bet, 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 and the bets get big, the f- this first bet is you know five point three into nine, which is big for tournaments. Yeah, already. Um, if he's going to keep sizing big all the way through, by the river, I mean, we're not, I don't think we're supposed to. If we check and he bets big, bets like seventy five percent upon a river, I think we're just supposed to call, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's weird unless the seven of hearts comes. Yeah, of course. If the yeah. seven, or if we make the nuts, fine. Um, but otherwise, I think we're just supposed to call. Yeah. And like, so maybe that's a reason. Just He just doesn't want to get himself in too much trouble. Um, this year in the Super High Roller Bowl, um, Pradish, 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 Yeah. Spelling, he, um, be, spelling be champion. Yes. He, um, he had a hand where he had like a queen and he was up against, I don't know, Jake Schindler or something like that. And there was like... Eight people left or nine people left. We were, ju- we were close to the bubble, and he was the big chip leader, and Schindler was second in chips. He had, he had a queen. He had a queen. It's going to matter. The board ended up being queen, queen, six, six, like four. Yeah. And Pratouche check called all three streets. And by the way, I think it went check, 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 small bet, call, check, small bet, call. He never raised. Never put in a bet himself. He was just huh. playing super careful in, this three, in the 300K buy-in event. And... I mean, he's thinking, like, if I check raise, what am I going to get called by? Which is fair. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't even, like, lead the river himself. He's trying to, like, keep the bluffs in. I don't know. It gets weird, you know? It's, it's like he's playing that super carefully. Yeah. By the way, he still ended up going out, like, seventh because of that ace's hand. Which he did not, not careful enough. Not, did not play carefully enough in that I mean, hand. he played it about as carefully as you could play it. Yeah. He just kind of has to go bust there. But, he, but he, I don't know. We had a podcast about it. and We, we did. We argued about that. And it's, we did. Yeah. We did. Anyway, let's not get too deep into that. Um, people play really carefully in these spots because, yeah. you know what? It, it's sort of like, you know how, like, the first time you played a World Series event, how important it felt, especially in the beginning? Yes, I remember specifically my first World Series event, I was short on the bubble, and I played way tighter than I even should on the bubble because of the emotional value of not bubbling my first World Series of Poker Bracelet there event. You go. I like, remember doing the same thing in my first one, yeah. being on the bubble and... Folding king queen in a ridiculous spot to fold king queen because I just didn't want to like have anything bad happen and wanted to make sure I made the money and know that I had made the money and like I felt like that would creep into my mind forever in my life if I bubbled my first World Series event every time I was in a bracelet event like I can never make the money I bubbled the first one is not possible <laughs> obviously that's crazy I know but and you would get over it the first time you actually cashed but I hear you yeah I hear you. anyway in that moment it was different but my point is. That may be how these guys feel about this event, the way most people feel about like whatever feels like a big buy-in event to most people. You're like, okay, I want to be careful. I don't want to make huge mistakes. Yeah. Um, I don't want to play a huge pot without a big hand, blah, blah, blah. That may be the way these guys feel about this event. Yeah. Like, for a lot of these guys, this is the biggest event they're going to play that year. You know, this of is course. It's 300K like, buy-in. Right. Unless you're playing in the, uh, the million-dollar one-drop, that's it. This is yeah. as big as it gets. So, so I wonder if that's just part of it, too. If Connor's just like playing a big pot may just cost me my, my – event right now and i don't need to do that like i'm just gonna check call there's metagame implications that are powerful for it anyway it's fine you guys remember how i busted the one drop yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i checked the turn if he checks it back i'll bet big on the river maybe i'll get lucky and get called everyone will see i had this hand it protects my calling range i can come with all these metagame reasons to do this do it this way and it protects me from busting the event when yeah i think we can boil it down to this the call is good from a metagame perspective and bad from an exploitative perspective right exactly exactly all right, so Connor does decide to call. Yeah. The pot is now 19.6 thousand chips. So, not that impactful that you said 19.6 thousand. 
It's just chips. I mean, there's 19.6 thousand of them. Of course, the problem is the lowest denominations, like what? 100? 500 probably. 500. So it's it's all. No, fake. it's got to be 100. There's 0.6. Yeah, so. it's so fake. Yeah. So it, it could be 196 chips also. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Pat's got 196 chips in it. Yeah. But that's a lot. Not now. physically. But now that's though. a lot. No, physically though, I think it has like 43 chips in it. Yeah, probably. It's ridiculous. Um, I will say this: that uh, one of the things that I know that you like to do is play poker with chips. Yeah, sure too. <laughs> and the place where you do it is on Nitrogen Sports Poker. Uh, yeah, but it, they're virtual chips there. Still chips, Grant. They are still chips. And I mean, are they? Are we playing cards online? And if or you have not? the sound on when you're playing it, it makes little chip clicky noises. I mean, you can turn that off. You, you should. It's I annoying. always do. It's I turn pretty, all that stuff off. Yeah. But anyway, Nitrogen Sports Poker <laughs> Room is uh, it's where the poker guys play. Yeah. Uh, we have free rolls. We have bounty tournaments with bounties on our heads. Jonathan recently got bountied in a tournament. I sure did. a couple nights ago. Got it in with aces. Yeah, and guess what? I you lost. lost. I got it. By the, in fairness, I got it in when I was already behind. So I mean, you, I was betting the whole way, but on the river, the guy made a flush, and I moved in. Wow, you're so bad. It was which a is good a, play. Which is a good reason. It was a good play. Because <laughs> Jonathan plays so bad, it's a good reason to get on these bounty tournaments because they're like a five millibit buy-in. Of course, nitrogen is Bitcoin only. And there's 20 millibit bounties. So yeah. Someone made some bank on <laughs> me. Some bizank. Yeah. And uh, you can go to nitrogen, make your bizank, and then your bizank goes straight to your bizank account. Nice. I like real, how you real said quick. That. And by Bitcoin account, I mean Bitcoin account. Yes, that's what you mean, of course, because it moves at the speed of Bitcoin. Right, grants. five to twenty minutes for deposits and withdrawals, which is unheard of in the industry. Yeah. The withdrawals part, especially. You'd be a fool not to get on there. Grants. Use the link in the description of this podcast, or I will come to your house and sit on the yard, and you can call the cops. Wait. But I can talk them out of making me leave. I can talk for days with those cops. <laughs> I'm just sitting on that yard. Grant has a law degree. He could totally do it. I do not, but I'm going to talk to those. You're like, you're like Better Call Saul. I'm like Better Call Saul. American Samoa University. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And that that is uh, how you do it in Ad for Nitrogen That's Sports. how you do it, people. Pay pay attention. Use the link. The notes. Use the link or the yard Please thing happens. use the link. That's all we ask. I'm going to... Got to pay the bills, people. Yeah. Got to keep the lights on. That's right. All right. So, if you recall, we're going to the turn. The pot's got 19.6 thousand in it. Uh, Connor Dryden has got the King Nine of Hearts. David Peters has the ace of diamonds. The board currently reads 6, 8, 10, all hearts. It's the second nut flesh for Connor Dryden. Here comes the turn. It's a doozy, Grant. Are you going to keep up with that? Yeah. It's not working for me. The eight of clubs. What does that mean? That means there are two eights on the board. And you know what's crazy? Connor Dryden does not have an eight, but David Peters does. He's got the ace eight. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You he got now has a pretty that. big hand. You got through that. That was good. I got to, you know, I just keep. Keep talking. Eventually, keep, I find my way keep home. Keep on trucking. You, you, you fly the little biplane through the storm, and sometimes, you know, it's pretty rocky, but you get through to the other side. You see sunlight, you know? Yeah. Um, so Connor Dryden hates that card, obviously. It's not the card you most want to see. I mean, he wanted probably hearts are his least favorite cards, but board pairs close second would be my guess. True. I mean, there's other bad cards, too, honestly. A seven is not the greatest card, and nine is not the greatest card in that they kill action. But it's worse if you can lose than if just your action is It's killed. true. It's true. He was really hoping for like a deuce and a three of clubs yeah, to run out and then nice and clean and easy. The other side of this is um, it's harder for um, Peters to bet this turn when the eight pairs. Really, really hard, in fact, yeah. for Peters to bet this turn. Because Drynan has more eights in his range. We were surprised to see be- Peters bet an eight on the flop. Yes. And Drynan clearly has every eight that he would call within his range as a check call on the flop. Yes, of course. I mean, in fact, a normal play and a play I really like doing is... Uh, donking out on the turn when the middle card pairs. 
because it's better for your range than your opponents almost always. Yeah. And so this is a great spot for Connor to donk strong, but to donk again because that's supposed to be good for him. It turns out it's great for Peters, but it's, it's supposed to be good for Connor. Yeah, the problem, of course, is that now when you get raised, it's even scarier than it would have been on the flop. Correct. So I don't know if if he has all these emotional ties to the size of the buy-in and how this is like the biggest event he's going to play this year. Maybe that's a reason not to do that. I mean, I think what we're seeing is just what we talked about, that ultimately Connor is playing this like it's the biggest event of the year for him. Yeah. And so he checks instead of donking in a spot where I think he almost always would donk in, re- in real life. Maybe so, in real life. You know what I mean? Not like in the main event final table. I would guess he doesn't do it there either now, but if he's playing this hand like this on this table. But I think in a lot of, like, in a cash game, I would be surprised if he didn't donk the flop or the turn. I like how you said in real life there. Yeah. that's That kind of reminds me how people say real America. Like, yeah. it's all real America, you idiot. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. <laughs> Grant looked at me with dead eyes as he said that. I'll just tell you, people. Yeah, I have, dead eyes. Yeah, like shark eyes. Well, you know what I'm saying. Though. I do. Yeah, um, I actually don't mind a check though. Go I on. I don't hate it, just because we don't want to get raised. It actually does suck a lot to get raised. And if Peters has bluffs, it's going to shut it right down if we donk. That's true. Um, but Peters is almost always going to check back this turn. Not if he has a, a bluff that he's deciding to keep going with. That's all we have. Yeah. Like, any value is going to check back. Right. But he might have bluffs, like, he's got to have some bluffs at this point, right? Of like, course. He's a good player. He, yeah. He, he probably has, like, queen nine with the queen of hearts, that type of thing. I would expect him to check back this turn. If he has, I mean, queen nine with the queen of hearts is a huge hand. It's that's a, a double gutter with the, the third nut flush draw. For sure, that's a monster hand. But it's not incredible on the turn when the board pairs so he may decide to continue with a hand like that a hand that has some equity in case he gets called i would expect he would check that a lot i don't know what he would do with that hand actually you can make a case either way i think so what what hands are you expecting him to bet um okay fair question he when the eight pairs yeah it's really hard to come up with much actually yeah, I guess it's got to be like nut flush draws and stuff. I don't know what else he's supposed to bet here. Nut flush draws and combo draws like queen nine with queen hearts. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I can't come up with anything else. He's not going to bet ace ten. And maybe maybe like four or five of spades if he decides. Sure, he's... sure. Yeah, the absolute air, the crazy air in his range. But there isn't too much on this board. There's I not. Really... And maybe he doesn't continue bluffs on this card because it's so good for Dryden's range. Yeah, I mean, I would expect mostly he's not going to. I, I think he's giving up a lot on yeah. the turn. So that's why I just think a donk makes more sense than a check for Connor, even though we might lose him a lot because all of his made hands are checking pretty much, except maybe this one. This one and better. Like ace-eight and, and full houses may bet. And other eights. Like eights in general may bet, and obviously full houses are going to bet, I would expect. Flushes. Flushes can bet. Okay. But, like, we can get called by all those things straights, too. Straights, probably. Yeah. He doesn't have very many straights. We block. Yeah. He's probably bit. got three combos of straights. Yeah. So... I don't know if he's really opening those anyway from the low jack, honestly. 7-9 suited. I don't know if he's opening them. Yeah, it's a maybe. In, the, on the, in this field, he may just not be doing it. Maybe. I, don't know. I don't know. Isn't he known as a pretty active player? I have no idea. I think he is. I can't. I, I don't want to Groundskeeper Groundskeeper Willie. That's what Ali Najad calls him. That's right. So that tells you everything you need to know about yeah. his play style. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> anyway, so Connor checks. Peters does bet because... I mean, he actually has a really good hand. Yeah. That was a hell of a card for David Peters. Top trips. I'm sure David Peters was checking back most turns. Yeah, it seems likely. I would guess eights and aces that were not hearts were the only things he was going to bet. So everything, like the ace of hearts he would check, 
But any ace, any eight, he would bet, and everything else he was going to check is my guess. I actually really like the idea of betting a 10 on the turn. And I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out okay. against a good player. Because you're supposed to be scared of a 10, right? When when you're yeah. Peters, if you have anything, if you have an overpair, you're sure. supposed to check back against a 10. But if we kind of flip the script a little bit, and you know when the 10 pairs in the turn, Drynan certainly would have some... 10s in his range, but he's not going to have a ton. He's not going to have like only 10s in his range. We can get a lot of value out of a hand like Ace-8. Top kicker with second pair. The kicker's, yeah. kicker is very important here yeah. because now now we can maybe get three streets out of Drynan's 8s if we decide to bet Ace-8 on the turn when the 10 pairs against a good player who's going to be like, you're supposed to be scared of that card. Why are you betting? I mean, are we really going to bet the river also? Yes. It seems hard to bet imagine. Bet fold. There's so many bad rivers, so many bad cards on the river anyway. There's, there's not gonna, so that's a reason to bet the turn actually, yeah. because the river is going to be. Too we could decide to check if we want on the river. I would guess we're mostly going to check, uh, but whatever. I mean, like if a deuce of clubs comes off, I guess we could decide to make a cool. But bet. in the same way, th- that's a reason to bet ace eight here. Yeah, uh, on this card, on the yeah. eight pairing, because obviously we're stronger than if the ten came, but also we're supposed to be scared of the eight. So Drynan might hero with a lot of hands. The only way this could go bad for us is if, if the 10 pairs instead of the 8 pairing. We bet as Peters, Connor calls, the river's the deuce of clubs, and suddenly Connor leads out. And then we, then we cry a little. We probably fold. We hate our life. Yeah. But so be it. We were probably going to call the river anyway in the deuce of clubs. So we could say it costs yeah. us the same amount. But now we don't know if we were bluffed or not. That's the difference. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, so that's, that's cool, actually. I like that a lot. I like the idea of betting a 10 there. I think that's smart. Um, Really smart, but I think the same the same logic applies to the actual situation we're in, where the eight pairs, because same same thing, you know, we're trying supposed to get called to be, by a ten, yeah, or any showdownable hand, because we're right. supposed to be scared of the eight, right? Of course, yeah, of course. So, um, so I like the bet by Peters here. Yeah, I think it makes sense. What is how much does he bet? He bets thirteen point two thousand into nineteen point six thousand. I don't think so we said Drynan checks, but he does. Connor checks. Yeah, yeah. It's we a, talked about how we could donk it out, and he didn't. It it's so, a big bet. Yeah, he's he's continuing to bet like sixty to sixty five percent of the pot each time. This one's even bigger, actually. Yeah, it is um, percentage wise. Yeah, so this is a big bet, and now Connor's in a slightly different situation, right? Yeah. Now Connor then on the flop is like, well, I mean, I'm almost always good. Now he's like, I'm usually good, but when he bets big and he bets again, like tens full is not impossible now, right? Of course not. Six is full is not impossible. I want to ask a question before we talk about Connor's decision here. Okay. What do you think is accomplished by betting big? When Peters bets big, what's what's the goal of that versus betting a more standard tournament turn bet size amount? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think we probably, as Peters think, if Drynan has a 10, he's going to call whether we bet 40% of the pot or 70%. Right, of the pot. and that's related to the whole theory that we just laid out a couple minutes ago about how we're supposed to be scared of this card. So if Drynan has showdownable hands, he's going to have to call a lot of the time. Just kind of regardless of size. I mean, you could go the other way with that, of course, right? We're supposed to be the scared of this card, and we bet it anyway. Like, that's a reason to fold if yeah. we're drying in. But, but then if we bet 40% of the pot or 60% of the pot or 70 it may not matter. Right. So then we might as well go for value. At against... the same time, we get to charge the, all of the one-card flush draws. Right, which might just fold now. But which that's, is, not, that's not horrible. It's okay with us. Because there's so many bad cards, so many scary cards on the river. We're okay we with them folding. With. We're also okay with them making probably the mathematical mistake of calling because right. then that's a better expected value spot for us than for them. Right, so either way, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't hate this bet at all. I don't mind the sizing up slightly in this bet here. Yeah. I think it's cool. So Connor's got a decision once again here. It's not going to be a fold. He's not going to fold the second that flush. I think it's a pretty clear call at this point. Yeah, I don't think you can do anything but call, right? 
It seems really strange to raise not the board pair. Now you're almost turning your hand into a bluff. All right, so but you can't. Well, we're gonna try. That's for crazy. all the kids out there who are asking, "What do you mean you can't raise? You have the second not flush." I mean, what what is that? What, what do you answer to that? To the kids with the wide eyes looking up at you? I mean, here's the thing: when you've got a strong hand, but a raise is representing an even stronger one, then we're sort of screwing up the range of hands that's going to consider calling us or not. Yeah, that's true. And we need that to be. We want to target the right stuff. And if we're repping a stronger hand than we have when we have strength, we're often not going to target the right range of hands to call us or fold or whatever. We're going to get what we like to call a game theory disaster a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's possible if we raise here, we're going to get called by worse flushes anyway. It is possible. Sure. Um, But one thing we know, every hand that's better than ours is not going to fold. The nut flush is not going to fold if we check raise. No. It's not going to love it. It's going to hate its life, and it's going to call. And then we can decide to turn our hand into a bluff on the river, try to fold out the nut flush. That seems crazy. Like When we check raise and get called, we're beating some worse flushes, and everything that's better than us is either calling because it's slow playing, and it's going to destroy us on the river, Yeah. or it's calling, and it's better than us, like the nut flush. Or a full house. Or full house, like a wor- like pocket sixes. If we size and they're just going to flat the river, or bet if we check, and it's going to cost us more money. If we don't size it too big, we could get called by some eights because they have redraws. I mean, okay, but then yeah. we're often not going to get called on the. We're not going to get action on the yeah. river anyway, like, right. unless they do redraw. I would get maybe that's not true. He might decide to hero anyway, but I don't think like Dryden's got all these crazy bluffs in him anyway that that we know no, of as, as Peters. Yeah, I mean, it's just to boil it down, it's just pretty. Pretty clearly a call because we don't want to be in that spot. Right. I mean, we're repping a full house when we check raise, right? Yeah. So to have a slightly worse hand is weird and messes up the whole thing. For like when we have a full, if we have ten eight and we check raise, we're like, boy, I sure hope he has the nuts. The nut flush, excuse me. I yeah. hope he has pocket sixes. Now those are hands we hope he doesn't have. Right. Those are the hands we're trying to get action from when we check raise. So that's why we there's some flushes maybe we can still get action from, but they may decide to fold. They may. They may just be like, eh, it's not worth it. That would be awful. And even if they call, they may fold on the river. There's just all these things that can happen. If we bet big on the river, they may just find a fold anyway. There's all these awful things. We just cannot get too deep in this. Yep. Calling is the right move. So now we have to call, and now, the, now we sort of don't want to play a huge pot anymore. We want to play a medium-sized pot. Yeah, we're, and we're probably going to check call the river, right? Right. Most that would be the, the plan. Time. Yeah. Mostly we're going to check call the river. Okay. So there's 46000 in the pot after Connor calls. They're still deep, man. I mean, they still have like 300 k effective here. That's that's deep. Yeah, with forty. So we're like, you know, six and a half to one stack to pot ratio. Like, we're not getting in unless crazy things happen. The river is an interesting card, Grant. What 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 is it? It's the seven of spades. So, I mean, if somebody has a nine that came in. Yes. So the board is six, eight, ten, eight, seven with three hearts. It's a wet board. They it's say it's a wet board. Um, Connor has the seven nine. Sorry, yeah. the king nine of hearts, and Peter says the ace eight of diamonds. Right, so Peter actually made it straight. Peter's trips get a little poopier here. Yes, Peter's like, well, I mean, Peter's gonna have a really interesting decision if Connor checks, right? Yeah, about whether to bet or not. But he doesn't have to make that decision. You know why, Grant? Because Drynan's gonna lead out. Drynan decides to lead here. All right, that's an interesting decision. Let's talk about it. I suppose. That card in particular is very scary to a lot of Peter's range here. Yes. And he wants to make sure a bet goes in. That might be the the simplest and most obvious reason. I mean, if you've got two jacks and you're David Peters, are you betting this river? No. I don't think you can. No, no chance. Like, how can I? It's so hard to get action. He's going to have to hero me, hoping I have the nut flush draw that just went bet, bet, bet. I mean, that's it, right? All right. Let me ask this question. Yeah. If Peters has ace nine with the ace of hearts, which he could 
potentially take this line with. Yeah. Is he going to bet the river if we check as Drynan? I think he is. He probably I is. I think he is. But he's not going to call a check raise. It would be one hell of a hero call. But we're not going to check raise anyway. We would never check raise. As Drynan. Right. We only, so, we only want one bet to go in on the right. river. So, so, so Connor, just, sorry, go ahead. So I guess we're just turning our hand into a bet fold spot. We're saying we're only getting raised by better hands and probably only full houses, really, right? Um, you would assume full houses for value. Is the only thing that could, for that value. could raise us for yeah. yeah. And maybe not even pocket sixes. Well, we're repping a very particular hand. We're sort of repping like queen nine or something when we, if, when we donk here, right? Yeah, something I guess like we have that. a bit stronger than what we're repping when we donk. We do, but po- so I'm saying, but like pocket sixes really might raise us because we're repping a straight. But we're never calling with a straight, right? Unless we decide True. to bluff catch. True. Pocket sixes are going to be have an interesting decision. Yeah. You could make it. I think anything better, like any version of eights full is probably going to raise. Yeah, I think so. So pocket sixes are like, well, it's super close. What do I think about this guy? You know, what do I, does he look, how does he look? How do you put the chips in? What do you have, How'd for, bre- size what do you have for breakfast? Yeah. Which McDonald's did he have? The good McDonald's, the medium McDonald's, or the bad McDonald's? Is that, that's a Warren Buffett thing. That's a Warren Buffett joke that no one but you is going to get. Cool. Thank and you. The guy who read that, who wrote that article that I read yesterday about Warren Buffett's breakfasts. Okay. Anyway, so Connor decides to bet here. I like this idea. I think this is a good Just bet. Just to ensure that a bet goes in and maybe get a hero from an overpair or something like that? Yes. All of that stuff. We want to make sure a bet goes in. We very well might play the nut, uh, a flush draw like this, like the nut flush draw like this ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, where we're like, well, I missed, but guess who can have a nine a lot more? Like, I have more nines than you do, buddy. Like, I have 10-9, and I have ace-nine with the ace of hearts, and I have stuff like that, right? Sure. Why not? I have eight-nine. I guess eight-nine is maybe... No, even eight nine. No, eight nine's not a bluff. Eight nine's eight nine's a straight. You Sorry, doing, you doing okay? With saying that? that's what I can have, not what I do have. Right. Anyway, I can have all these things. Right. I can have eight nine. I can have six nine. I can have whatever. Um, jack nine. So I like this bet because we're now it's the opposite of check raising on the turn. Right now we're betting a, we're repping a hand that's actually weaker than the hand we have. Yeah, kind so of. Get, so we I can mean, get called that's by part, that's part of our range at least. I mean, I feel like. We, we do have flushes in a range reasonably. It makes sense. We can have some flushes there, sure. But we're repping a straight when we suddenly bet. When we suddenly donk out on the river and the four to a straighter on the board, don't you think? Sort of. I mean, that's the card that just came in, but we might have played a flush like this. We obviously did. Sure, of course. I'm not talking about what we can have. I'm just talking about what we're representing, though. I feel like we're representing straights for the most part. Maybe. We can have worse hands, too. We could have trip eights and be trying to get value out of... I mean, we're trying to get called by an <laughs> overpair. right. So if we're trying to get called by an overpair, we could have trip eights and be betting too. Well, what I'm saying is, why would we want to rep a straight if we're trying to get called by an overpair? Um, f- well, I mean, we're repping a straight, but like we're, re- I mean, there's bluffs. We're repping, too. repping a straight. Right. We're repping, repping a straight. <laughs> Fair enough. Like there's obviously the nut flush that misses and maybe a few other things that miss too, right? Uh, maybe we could have, maybe we have a seven and we paired the seven and we're turning that in. We have like six, seven and we're turning that into a bluff on the river, something like that. With one heart in her hand, six, seven with the seven of hearts. Yeah. I don't know, that's pretty weak. Yeah. But it's all I got. It's all, all I right. got. Nonetheless, Drynan bets 27K into what size pot? 46. Okay. This is a poopy spot for Peters, huh? He was feeling pretty good on the turn. Effectively, after Drynan bets, uh, we're at 289 effective. Drynan actually is more, um, sorry, we're at 301 effective. I, I take that back because Peters is the Interesting for you to bring that up. Weird that you brought that up. <laughs> 
Well, I just want to make sure everyone understands like right. where we're at here. I just it's funny. I said this poopy spot for Peters, and you're like, yeah, right. Effectively, where we're at is yeah. this stack size. This is what it means. Okay. Doesn't that matter? Of course. So it what, what, what like if Connor bet two thousand, it's not as poopy, right? If Who's he bets three hundred thousand, it's poopier. <laughs> I'm just saying, like like stack size, stack to stack okay. to that ratio matters. Stack to pot ratio. All right, good matters. save. All right, moving on. Is this okay for Peters? Like, what should he do? Should he call? Boy, this is a tough spot, man. Uh, I mean, we're we're kind of have a one of the better hands we can have here. It's, I mean, that's not true. We can have tens full. We can have sixes full. We can have ten eights suited. We can have flushes. We can have can't have pocket sevens. We can have the nut flush. We can have all the flushes. We can Why have not? a lot of the flushes. We bet flop, bet turn, and we haven't done anything yet on the river, so I think we can have any flush. Okay. In fact, for made hands that bet, this may be one of the worst hands that we can show up with on the turn. Wait, we can have like over pairs with the heart. Yeah. That bets the turn. Yeah. So, but this is close to the bottom. This is yeah. So like eights, trip eights, is the next thing after the over pairs, right? Yeah. So, so this isn't as high up in the distribution as it may feel like it is. It feels like, wow, this right. is a great hand. But in our distribution, we actually have a lot of better hands than this. That's and David Peters agrees because yes. he does not call. No, he doesn't call. He realizes he can't call. Yeah. He realizes, I'm losing to a straight now. Like, I can't call. Yeah. I'm losing to a flush, obviously. If somehow the guy has a flush, he played it really weird. But if he somehow has a flush, can't call. So Peters does something really interesting. Yeah, he folds in this really weird, weird yeah. wacky way. He it's folds like he, and spits on the table. He rolls it over his knuckles in this, like, cool... You can't see his cards, but you can see his cards. That's sweet. Yeah. No, That's not don't. what happens. No. No, Peters does not fold, and he does not call. He raises. He raises! He turns his hand into a bluff, which is pretty cool because he has the full house blocker. Yes. So... He raises to 117K. That's a big raise. That is saying... I mean, that, what it looks like it's saying is, boy, I sure hope you have... Six is full. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about six is full. Yeah, I sure hope you have jack nine, like the nut straight or the nut flush or something like that. Sucker. Yeah. Right. I would guess what he's actually targeting here is not six is full or the nut flush or the second nut flush. I think what he's targeting is a nine that made a straight, and he's trying to get that to fold. And he may not think he can. he has a lot of full equity with like six is full. Maybe he does, but he may not... I mean, it's hard to target sixes full and think you're going to be successful, you know? Well, sure. But the only reason that that would not work versus it working against a straight or a flush is because the sixes full is higher up in Dryden's distribution. Because right. Right. sixes full is the same against Peter's value. It's losing to Peter's value. I agree. Peter's is like, I want to be clear. Peter's is never doing this with a nut flush. No, I don't think he is now. I think he's no. going to just call and feel like he's like, I'm such a nit and call is what yeah. he's going to do. He's going to give a little speech and call. All right. So let's talk about two elements here that make this raise really cool. Okay. One, the way the hand played out, Peters can easily have any full house on the board. Especially 10s full. Especially 10s full. Especially 10s full, 8, 10, or actually any of them with an 8 in it. Yeah. 10, 8, 8, 10, 6, 8, 7, 8. They all make sense for Peters. Yes, he can have all of those. That's The right. only full house he can't have is 7, 7. Right, because he bet the turn. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's a really good representation of that. That in combination with us knowing that there's only one eight left in the deck that Drynan could have in his hand mm-hmm. and Drynan not having pocket tens that frequently because he didn't three bet preflop. I mean, it's a pretty good spot for a bluff. It's a pretty good spot for a bluff. I don't I think agree. he does this if he doesn't have the blocker. I think it's not happening. I agree. Him. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I don't, th- I think if he thought that Connor could, ha- I think if he, he somehow saw Connor's hand, he wouldn't make this bluff. Why? Because he th- he may convince himself that it's too high, but Connor's distribution also. Maybe. 
that like I don't think he's targeting a hand as powerful as the second nut flush. Even though I agree with you, practically it's the same thing as a straight here. Yes. Especially the second nut flush. Even the nut flush is not the same thing as a straight, really. Because maybe in some world, some although we never think David Peters would do this, right? He's no. too he's too accomplished to raise the nut flush on the paired board. He would never after do drying it. in donks the river, right? Actually, having the nut flush is worse because then we know Peters doesn't have the nut flush blocker. Right. Right. So we don't block that yeah. uh, with the king high flush. That's good. Not. That that's great. And if we think he's never going to raise the nut flush, actually, it's better, right? Yeah. So that's good. We have the best flush we can have. Basically, for this situation, then. Yes. We don't want to have the nut flush. That's interesting. Um, the interesting thing is six is full is close. Anything better than that's never going to fold. If no. we have seven, eight as Drino, we're going to hate our lives and call. It's a crying call, though. That's the thing. Oh, we're not going to like it at all. No. We're going to think for three minutes, but we are going to find a call with seven, eight. Yes, I agree. Because we're like, maybe a six is full. Maybe he's bluffing once in a while. Any, any eights full or of any type. Eight, six also will. Call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we beat six is full. Yeah. And of course we beat the nut flush draw. The nut flush, excuse and me. It's just too good of a hint. Too high in the distribution. Right. But King Nine is essentially well, is two down from six is full. King Nine of Hearts. Yeah, King Nine yeah. of Hearts. And six is full is only one down from six, I guess seven, eight, which we feel is a call. Yeah. So we're not too far away from what we feel is the crying call. We're close, but I guess this is why Drynan thinks uses up one of his time extensions because they only have forty seconds to decide. Well, this is part of I think it's possible that Peters is targeting the potential flushes in, okay. in Drynan's range as well because of the size. He, he might be saying, okay, I know you're probably a guy who understands distributions and is going to call with the good parts of your distribution, but this is a 300K buy-in, and I'm right. betting more than a third of your remaining stack, and it's early. Are you sure you want to do that just because of game theory, you moron? Like, right. Guess what? You're going to be out of this tournament a lot faster now. Have fun. Like, Do you really, do you yeah. really want to lose another... You know, 90,000 chips right now when you just don't have to. Yeah. You when can like, just fold. When, like, you clearly can't beat any value, and I'm right. probably playing a little scared, too. You're supposed to think that, right? Like, right. Remember, you pushed me off that yeah. straight last year when we were chopping, yeah. and I made a horrible play, and I had 10 blinds left, and I folded anyway. I think Peters might think it's not always going to work against flushes, but that it will at least sometimes. Yeah. Fair enough. But I, I see, I still believe ultimately that Peters assumes that Drynan mostly has straights because he went check call, check call, donk he, river. He very well may, and that, that makes it a more reasonable thing to do. Yeah. I, I think it's a really good bluff. Do you agree? Do you think it's good? I think it's awesome. Okay. I think it's well, awesome. And so does Connor Drynan, and he's like, I know you're bluffing, but I have to fold because you're so good. I mean, Drynan is so rarely going to... I mean, we have to believe Drynan's check calling full houses on the turn. Yeah. It's like... Unless he has seven eight exactly, he's check calling a full house on the turn, and he's right. not doing that very often. Right. So that's another piece of this bluff that's really cool. Is not only does Peter's story make sense, Peter's has the blocker. Those two are enough to make it really cool. Yeah. But like we said on the flop, Drynan has a range advantage on the flop. By the river, Peter's has a range advantage for sure because Drynan hasn't raised at all throughout the hand, which he might have done with any sort of two pair set full house type hand. And Peters has never taken his foot off the gas. I mean, we, we know he wouldn't with two pair because we see how he yeah. played it. But I hear you. Yeah, we don't know that maybe as Peters necessarily, yeah. right? Although I wouldn't expect him to raise two pair on the flop, honestly. I wouldn't expect point. it either. But maybe, maybe, three but maybe if he made a full house in the turn, he would have raised then. Yes. Actually, you would assume he would yeah. often check raise the turn, hoping Peters has like, got something to stick around with, right? So like Peter, two kings with the king of hearts or something. So Peters has a story, a blocker, and a range advantage. And it works because Connor Drynan's like, no. The other thing that he has is this. He's got an opponent who can think this all through and realize that he's supposed to fold. Because you can have all of that 
It don't matter against some people. Yeah. But Connor Dryden is good. He can think this stuff through, and so you can make plays against good players that you just can't make. Right, you can't do players. this against Darwin Moon because he thinks King Nine of Hearts is the nuts. Right, he's like, well, the board wasn't paired, and didn't I have the nut flush? It's like, <laughs> well, you never had the nut flush. And the board was paired. The board was paired. But that's actually almost exactly what did happen when he got in with Billy Cop. right? Yeah. He didn't see the board was paired. He was convinced it wasn't, and it was like the third nut flush. Yeah. And he like insta-call basically for his tournament, right? Yep. That's unbelievable. Yep. These guys are a bit better than those guys. Yeah. So Dryden Foltz. Yeah. As he kind of has to. It's Yeah. I mean, unless you want to just be like, all right, I, it's early enough. If I'm out of this tournament sooner, I'm out of it sooner, or right. I can have a monster stack, you know? Yeah, I mean, right. The, yeah. It's really, uh, it's not a play you see very often, although we see it more now. We're starting to see this play more. Which but, means it's going to stop working as frequently, by the way. Um, yeah. Although it's, you know, when you do it when you have blockers, it works better, right? Well, it's obviously. It's more likely to work. Yeah. And that's it. But you can put people on blockers more often now because people are doing it with blockers more often. You can, but there's two ways to do it. One way is with blockers. The other way is when you're calling. This is a little different because Peters was leading the action the whole way. But like a guy bluffed me in the World Series in the uh, monster stack at the end of day one where I had ace-king and I opened. He called the middle position. I actually called him the button. Um, I flopped an ace-high board with two spades. I did not have a spade. I continued. He called. Um, I was like one spade, one heart, one something else. Turn was a third spade. I checked. He bet. I called. River was a brick. I checked. He bet like 90% of the pot. And I tanked, talked to him for a while, and eventually folded. And we ta- he was a very nice guy. And we ended up talking about the hand a lot because it was an interesting hand. And he told me he bluffed me and said he had the king jack of hearts. And he called the flop because he had two back doors. And then he was just sort of like, when I checked the turn, he's like, well, I guess I have to take a shot now. And when I <laughs> yeah. called the turn, he's like, well, I guess I have to take a shot again. And he sized it up to try it, and it worked. So that's, so that's like another way you can do it now. And the problem with two back doors and blockers is it's hard to see those things, you know? Yeah. It's really hard to see either one. So it gets interesting. Like, where there's going to be, I think there's going to start to be more bluffs again. Like, I think people, so like good players have gotten a little less bluffy. And I think they're starting to get a little more bluffy again because of this. It's like, these are cool ways to bluff. That's good. I like seeing the bluffs. Yeah, because I like to not fold. I Although like I folded not. that hand, I like to not fold. Well, yeah. show me the evidence because you folded that hand, buddy. Yeah, I did. I, fold, I called You with, wilted away. I called with other hands, though. You wilted away. I made other calls. Like sometimes. a little lily pad in the fall, just wilting. Yeah. Monet painting you. I looked beautiful. Crying as you die. Paint me, paint me like one of your French women. That's not, <laughs> not from the Monet movie. It is also from the Monet movie. Oh, is it? <laughs> okay. Kate Winslet says it. Oh, I see. In the Monet movie. That was a good movie. She's naked. It features <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis as Monet. He is it's wonderful. A riveting performance. I would watch it, that. I would definitely watch that. Of course you would. He'd be really good at it. Yeah. Monet 2. <laughs> the, the return. Revenge. <laughs> return of Monet. <laughs> I think we've uh, we found yeah. our way to the end of the show.